0: You said you love me, Or were you just being kind, time, 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 time Hello.
1: Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan.
2: And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by
1: track. And it's track by track without a Z. Because on the turntable this week, we've got Liza Minnelli with results.
2: Uh, and it's Liza with an L and an I and a Z and an A and, well, you get the idea with that. But Dan, did you ever think we'd be talking about Liza Minnelli on our fine podcast?
1: Honestly, no. And when I first saw you add this to our shared long list, I was very apprehensive. I didn't know what to expect. I'd heard a rumour of an album with Pet Shop Boys and I had never listened to it because I just thought it's not going to be for me. As much as I love Pet Shop Boys, it's not going to be for me. Once again, Will, I've said this too many times, more fool me. Uh,
2: Because as you're about to find out what a uh, often overlooked gem of an album this is
1: it really is and if like me you've never listened to the album once you finish this wonderful episode do go and listen to the album proper because you're in for a real treat but of course we're talking about it this week because well for two reasons actually one surprise it's the second episode of the week after talking about Pet Shop Boys very yesterday we wanted to talk about them again and Liza as part of our lgbtq plus uh, month history month sorry uh, and of course we're talking about Eliza because she's she's an icon isn't she within this world she's an icon and not only is she heralded but also she has done a lot of work uh, and dedicated a lot of her time to the foundation for AIDS research uh and of she's done many kind of performances and things um and made contributions to charities so Liza, we thank you and will what can we expect from this episode?
2: Uh, So first of all, let me just say she's a philanthropist uh, with a P and an H and an I and an L and an A. And and, uh, I'm already bored of talking. (laughs) Uh, So until next time, I've been Dan. Too short.
1: (laughs) Too short. Uh,
2: So, uh, sorry, what was the question again?
1: (laughs) What can we expect from this episode? I mean, you have to answer if you don't want. It's a weird question.
2: We can expect uh, we can expect uh, the vocal, the powerful vocals of a uh, American icon with the production sensibilities of a uh, electronic pop synth pop duo uh, from the UK, but with grand ambitions. And I have to say, I love the combination.
1: It's wonderful. It just it just works.
2: And Dan, uh, should I tell you a little bit about Liza? Because I know you're probably not an aficionado.
1: I'm not. This is the first time we're talking about Liza Minnelli on track by track. So, I'd love to know a little bit more.
2: So, Liza Minnelli was born uh, in 1946. She is a a singer, film, stage actress, screen actress... As you say, she's a uh, a philanthropist. She's had many marriages behind her. And also, obviously, her mum is...
1: Judy Garland. You're a friend of Judy's, aren't you? I heard someone say.
2: No, you're thinking about Judy Finnegan. We'd often bump each other in the off-license at three o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Oh, how lovely. Also, isn't the term friend of Dorothy's? I just completely got that wrong.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, Judy Garland was famously Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. So you were prob- you were close, Dan, probably without even realising it.
1: Oh, I, I think I, I realised I was close. I just didn't realise how far away I was, actually. Uh,
2: she's definitely a gay icon, and she's you know, her her musical theatre performances uh, have definitely been a big contributor towards that as well. So this was the ninth studio album uh, and was released in 1989. You've got Pet Your Boys on the produce alongside Julian Mendelssohn uh and uh, very successful album uh but very much a change of approach a change of sound for her at the time which i don't expect everybody loved
1: i'm sure but you know what well liza loved it and the pet shop boys loved it and we loved it and i imagine a lot of our listeners love it so it's all good
2: and if it's new to you today and you're listening to this for the first time uh, maybe you just want to come off mute quickly and uh, just tell us about your first experience of Liza
1: Minelli. Again, Will. Like, as you did yesterday, it's not a call. It's not a video call.
2: So, I'm hopelessly staring at my screen waiting for something to happen that isn't.
1: And you've just got me gawping back at you, sadly.
2: Uh, close your mouth, Dan.
1: So, should we get stuck in? Let's get stuck into results. So,
2: side one, track one, this is I Want To now.
0: I'm dreaming and recklessly screaming How to get you back in my life I want you now And I'm prepared to take chances I've told you how I won't take no for an answer
2: Every So that
1: was I want you now That's your uh, Morrissey singing voice, isn't it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, quite an unpleasant individual these days. I love that as a track one. If you were a seasoned Liza fan and were used to her previous work, maybe some of her theatre work, and you'd press play or put the needle down on the record there and you heard those beats kick in at the start, I think you would immediately feel a little bit lost and a little bit concerned.
1: Absolutely. But
2: it's got a great mix of the kind of petrol voice production, the synth beats, the drum machines, but with some lovely sweeping strings and quite a majestic chorus as well. So I think it does marry the two up really nicely.
1: Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful, we haven't said it so far this year, we're only on episode two, but it really does set out the store for the album. But it really does, because as you said, Liza's, you know, a a star of stage and screen, but particularly here i'm talking about stage um and so it's got that those theatrics but also we know that pet shop boys love the theatrics and the dramatics so it brings that as well as their beats it's just a wonderful mix of it all and it's just it's so sweeping it's so brooding and when she sings i want you now and there's that little break afterwards you just want to know more you want to know how does this finish how does this end i think it's um I think it's incredible, and of course, worth pointing out that this is one of many songs also written by the lovely Neil and Chris.
2: And it was originally called "Can't Take No for an Answer."
1: Ah, you used to have that on a T-shirt, didn't you?
2: Uh, it actually said "I won't take no for an answer," <laughs> and then the back said, "But what's the question?"
1: <laughs> oh, very. Cl- we should get that printed up
2: on the, on your track by track tote.
1: Yes. I think what's great about this one as well, Will, is that it's so—it's such a strong opener. I was quite surprised. To see, this wasn't even a single.
2: Uh, no, but you do sometimes you do need that first track to be a, a really strong album track that you haven't heard before. Um, I'd imagine for Liza and her team, this was probably a big step, a big gamble. Of you know, will what's this project going to be like? Will it pay off? Will it work? I have to say, on first track alone,
1: yes. And I would wholeheartedly agree. And I have to ask, Will, of course, I'm very new to this album. I have listened to this album for the first time this year, getting ready for this episode. When did this album enter your life?
2: Uh, probably only a few years ago in earnest. I can't remember what what drew my attention to it, but it was one of those albums. Maybe it was because of the Liza factor. Where I just assumed it was going to be very much in her uh, in her world. But actually, so glad I took the plunge.
1: And and uh, another thing for me that made me want to listen to it. One of course was knowing that you listened and enjoyed it. But also, a lot of our listeners have been asking for this episode. So it kind of that was that was confirmation. I know there's a lot of like-minded people that listen to us, rabbiting on about songs. So is that uh, a euphemism? Absolutely not.
2: Track two now, and this is Losing My Mind.
0: You said you love me, or were you just being kind? Or am I losing, losing my mind?
1: losing my mind there this was the first single release from the album this was the first sign of that new liza sound that liza and pet shop boys sound and so it wasn't until after listening to the album a few times that i realized that this wasn't a pet shop boys written track because i think it really does sound like it could be
2: well i think just from the opening bars and when the It does. It's quintessential, isn't it? But no, it's a Stephen Sondheim composition from Follies,
1: which is a musical, Dan. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Have you? I have not. I'd love to. I'm a big fan of musicals. I'm a big fan of Follies. Uh, But no, yet to see this one. I don't think it's been on the West End for a while. And, you know, there's nothing out there at the minute, is there?
2: Uh, She sounds quite pained, quite hurt singing this. I just love I really love her voice. I know I shouldn't kind of try and do my own impression of it because I think she's just got a great voice, but it does sound very anguished in this song.
1: Uh I'll tell you who has also sung this song, Will. Uh I think you're a fan, I'm certainly a fan. Gina G. Oh. Very close. Very similar ladies. Both a fan of, of pink, uh in various shades. But um yeah she played the, the, the lead role of Sally, Sally Plummer in Follies.
2: Uh, Imelda Staunton, of course, will be playing the Queen next in uh, The Crane. Oh, dear. <laughs> Apparently, Sondheim himself didn't much like this uh, a version of that of the song.
1: Well, I'd imagine, and with no disrespect to the man, I don't know very much about him at all, but I'd imagine he's, I think sometimes these theatre folks can be quite uh, quite stuck in their ways. Uh, knickers to him. Which is ironic, really, because we're theatrical folks, or so some people have described us, and we're not really stuck in our ways, are we?
2: Knickers to Sondheim could be a musical in its own right.
1: Or, or a podcast, or a Petra Boys <laughs> song, actually.
2: <laughs> in fact, if that was his opinion of this track, probably most likely to be a Petra Boys song. And I imagine they would be quite scathing mm. towards people they don't like. Well, I would like to hear that song.
1: And talking of those lovely boys, there is a Pet Shop Boys version of this song with Neil on vocals, but more about that later. This was a single, this was the first single
2: released uh, from the album, and it got to number six in the UK singles chart uh, with a brace of uh, extended and different remixes as well.
1: So, track number three now, and this is If There Was Love.
0: If e was
2: if there was love and that's 6 minutes 45 seconds and i love the extra long length to that uh because you get to hear every element of the song and i think it gets better as it go it starts off great but it gets even better as it goes along and i just love the refrain of if there was love <laughs>
1: I completely agree. Will. I think this is where this is another uh, Pet Shop Boys written as well as produced song, and I think this is where you really hear that influence because from that first minute plus, where it's just music, you could you could put your house on it being a Pet Shop Boys production, couldn't you?
2: But you say that, Dan, but I could not imagine them singing this song. I think it's definitely suited to Liza.
1: I'm glad you interrupted me there, Will, because I was just about to say you could imagine them singing it. And then I, I stopped myself before I spoke because I thought, actually, no, you, you couldn't imagine them singing this one. The music is very them, but the uh, the lyric and the melody, not so much.
2: And they actually work very closely with Liza on composing this track. So it's really great to hear that there was actually a collaboration rather than they, they just wrote a load of songs for her, got her in the studio for a week and, and banged it out. Mm. And not don't mean Liza. No. Um, because neither party would be interested. Although Liza does... Oh, anyway. Anyway, I'm <laughs> digging
1: a hole myself there. <laughs> and, and while we're on the music as well, I think it's worth pointing out that this album was recorded in 1989. And so musically, this was a very interesting time for Pet Shop Boys because this was in between introspective and behaviour. So it was kind of a bit of a a changing time for Neil and Chris. They were between two quite different sounds there. Uh, so I wonder how much that influenced this album. But also I wonder how much this album then influenced them going forward for behavior.
2: I do I do think it does sound more modern than when it was recorded as well. I think it's, I re, really, I've listened to this track a lot over the last couple of weeks. And not because I, not because you had my hand by my back, mate, forcing me.
1: Social distancing. So, Will, shall we move on to track number four?
2: Yes, let's keep the, the Liza fun going. Uh, lovely Liza. So, track Liza four Luffy. now. Liza Lovey. Uh, track four now. So sorry, Within I
0: said. A sad time, I would have walked out. And after all the tears we shed, I should have stopped out. Gone and painted the town bright red. Instead, so, sorry, it
2: so sorry I said So sorry I said. track number four. Uh, what a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. Dan, you make that face, but literally on any episode, whenever I say that, you make this shocked face like, oh my God, I can't believe you're saying this now.
1: I know. And do you know what? I've just realised I made that face and listeners can't see that face. So it was a waste of my acting skills there. And I've got a first class honours in drama, actually, listeners. Um, Really?
2: Because there was more ham than the meat counter in Sainsbury's in that (laughs) reaction.
1: I thought we weren't bringing catchphrases back to 2021. And Um, also...
2: They've done away there are no meat counters in Sainsbury's anymore so it's it's uh...
1: I loved the Morrisons market street really felt like the heart of the town in the supermarket
2: where are you going to get your tongue from now
1: so will the album artwork
2: <laughs> so the album artwork is uh I mean it's Liza uh and she is quite a moody shot uh black and white and you've got her you can only really see her face and a little bit of her hair. Uh, and I think the results, full stop, Liza Minnelli, full stop. It's a very Pet Shop Boys uh, t- title and artist name, where it's just very t- straight to the point, but with the full stop.
1: Yes, and apparently Liza asked Pet Shop Boys to name the album, and they did so based on a quote by good friend of Neil's, Janet Street Porter, who uh, was talking about an item of clothing she wore that always got results. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
2: And obviously, Janet would have been very young back in those days.
1: But of the song itself, well, I, yeah, I can see why this might have been your album artwork moment because it is, it, it, while it's still very much an obvious uh, tenant low co-write, it's um, it's not one of the more obvious Pet Shop Boys sounding uh, songs but interestingly did you know they performed this one on their 1991 performance tour
2: did they i love this they've got so much of b- a b- back catalogue to pull from and not just the stuff they've done for themselves that it just must be uh, simultaneously great and annoying to whittle it down
1: absolutely they do a lot of medleys nowadays don't they a lot of mashups within their of their own songs uh one that stands out for me from quite a recent show was the uh in the night and burn mashup which was just incredible two of my all-time favorite Shop boys songs there
2: euphoric almost
1: euphoric um yeah definitely but also well i think it would be remiss of us at this time we've talked a lot about Shop boys producing this album of course they're not the only producers this album was co-produced with them and julian Mendelssohn For anyone who doesn't know, Julian Mendelson is an Australian record producer and he has worked on some incredible things as well as this. He's worked with uh, Pet Shop Boys on Always On My Mind and It's a Sin. He also worked on Dusty Springfield's Reputation album, which was released uh, the year after Results. So another kind of big divas, big comeback and a change of sound with In Private on there written by Neil and Chris. uh, But also he worked on some bangers like Say Hello, Wave Goodbye by Soft Cell and Sleeping Satellite by Tasman Archer.
2: I blame you for the moonlit sky.
1: I was obsessed with that song when that came out. I was in 93 or whatever. I loved that song so much.
2: I just got to mention as well, this was a single as well. It was the third single released from this album. It got to number 62 in the charts, which is not great back then. No. Uh, but I have to say, the single artwork, she is looking pretty foxy.
1: Mm. Foxy lady. Foxy bingo. Foxy,
2: foxy Minelli.
1: <laughs> and one uh, final point I'd like to make on this song, Will, actually, is lovely use of comma in the title there.
2: Uh, yeah, but it's more dis- more of a discourse, isn't it, than a title when you put that comma in the middle there.
1: Mm. Very, very pet Shop boys.
2: Track number five now love this track dan Aww. don't oh, drop
0: bottles never
2: Don't Drop Bombs. This was the second release uh, from uh, the album. Got to number 46 in the singles chart. And I think that is a cruel uh, injustice there. Pop injustice. Because this is my favourite track on the album. I love the drama of it. And the chorus is, is just absolutely belting as well. And sung to probably a lover... Uh, a husband, a partner. Eliza does not want him to keep coming back and just dropping things on her. Uh, although on a slightly different note, Dan, I remember the last time you came round to my place, you dropped a bomb, and it took three flushes and a coat hanger. Honestly, what had you eaten?
1: Your cooking—that's what I'd eaten. <laughs> First and last time.
2: I won't. Sorry, I won't do your the brie and artichoke bake for you again.
1: I think it was the uh, sticky fig pudding afterwards that really uh, did the dirty on me or made me do the dirty on your bowl, actually. Uh,
2: But what do you think of this track, Dan?
1: Uh, I love this one. I, I did read that it was, you know, criminally a chart failure here in the UK, but actually a club hit in America. And I just just made me think, can you imagine if you and I were out in a club? Very unlikely to happen, not because of COVID, but because we're old footy doodies nowadays. But can you imagine if we were out and this song came on, we would just explode?
2: Yeah, we would spontaneously combust, particularly if the five minute 53 extended version was played as well. Mm,
1: Absolutely. But it's I think what's great about this is that it's certainly in the verses. It's not Liza Minnelli's singing or, or performance style at all. And I did read that Neil Tennant really pushed her in the studio to, and you've got to be a brave man, I think, to push Liza Minnelli. But he really pushed her to experiment with fight. the vocal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but Neil. I'm sure Neil can give as good as he gets as well. Is that the phrase? Give a good. Anyway, um, he can hold his own. Exactly, and it, and it just works on this song. It works so well. Um, again, new to the album, new to the sound. But I really, I mean, I enjoy the whole thing so far. But really love this song. Also, a very fun video, if you haven't seen it.
2: No, I haven't seen it, actually, Dan. Thanks for the tip.
1: Very fun. uh, Parodies of... Not parodies, but kind of referencing big 80s videos. Michael Jackson, Bananarama. If Bananarama are listening... Hello, hello, ladies. ladies.
2: And a Happy New Year.
1: A very Happy New Year. Looking forward to exciting announcements in 2021. Hopefully, that long-awaited song written by... Uh, the Pet Shop Boys and don't don't turn it away this time
2: alright Dan calm down
1: well there's quite quite a, a scathing uh, part of the really saying something memoir which you very kindly sent to me as a surprise where they say that they they were offered the song by Pet Shop Boys and they just said no it's not very good
2: not very good oh anyway that's the whole there's a whole podcast in that conversation mm. track number six now and this is a twist in my sobriety my eyes are-
1: So twist in my sobriety there. This one, not a tenant loco, co This is a cover of a 1988 song by Tanita Tickerum. But I think it completely suits the feel and the style of the album. You, I, I, if I hadn't read that, if I hadn't had the liner notes, I would have quite happily believed that it was one of the Pet Shop Boys co-writes
2: it's a much more industrial treatment of the original track which i really liked i remember it i mean i was very very young when it first came out but i definitely remember it uh, i not think that young, it's really i was very 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 young indeed
1: <laughs> suppose you can remember it
2: uh, vague very very vague memories but i definitely liked it
1: from the womb
2: yes uh but it's uh I like it. It's not my favourite song on the album. It's an interesting choice as to cover this track. I just wonder where that came from.
1: Yeah, likewise. But I do love... Again, it's, it's an interesting choice. I think it works. There's a particular part. I love the kind of the music just breaks before the chorus comes in. And I love it when that happens on any song. But I think it r- works really well on, on this one.
2: And you've got that rap at the start as well. A rap? Well, it's not a rap. It's more of a... Uh
1: uh Hang pashmina
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's a rap intro yeah anyway oh.
1: so track number 7 now this one might be a little bit more familiar this is rent
0: Buy whatever I need But look at my hopes Look at my dreams The currency we've spent I love you You pay my rent
2: So Rent there, Track 7. This is a cover of the Pet Shop Boys original Rent. A very different treatment. I think it almost changes... The whole intention behind the song, uh, with uh, a female voice singing a much more theatrical slow down version, versus the Pet Shop Boys original version, because I think obviously the connotations around the original are rent boy, where this kind of Liza version could be read as more about being ke- being a kept woman, being looked after. Yeah, I don't know.
1: No, I completely, I completely agree with you, and I think as well as. Kind of lyrically turning that on its head it kind of it just turns the whole concept of the album on its head because before we had Liza a star of stage and screen you know working with Pet Shop Boys on chart-friendly synth pop dance music and now we've got Liza turning a Pet Shop Boys track into a, a song that would very really nicely fit into uh, a show so I'd, I'd love how it's done that and you know, I'm sure you'd completely agree that it's the Pet Shop Boys version of the song for me that would win every time. But I really like this. I think it's it's a nice surprise on the album. I would have been more than happy with just new songs, but having a few Pet Shop Boys covers works really well.
2: It's a good mix. Yeah. Track number eight now, and this is Love Pace.
1: Love Pains there. This one, another cover. This was originally recorded by Yvonne Elliman and has been recorded by quite a few others, but most notably, probably, and most tracked by trackably by Hazel Dean. How dare you? What's that supposed to mean? Uh, Of all the artists who've covered this, she's probably the most track-by-trackable, no?
2: Well, I think, obviously, Hazel Dean's got her fans and she's still doing the rounds of well, when when we're not in COVID, of Pride events around the world. But I don't think we'd ever cover her.
1: No, I don't think we'd do a full album. I I should make that quite clear. Unless unless you're listening, Hazel, and you want to have a little chat.
2: Unrecorded, Uh, no. But I think this, (laughs) if she wasn't uh, a gay icon before this album, I think this track in particular is one that's very relatable to the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, uh and you know every other version of this song has also been extremely disco uh gay friendly
1: absolutely and as well there's something about this version of the song i think it's the vocoder the orchestration i get hints of elo with this one
2: really i'm not i'm not picking that up actually but i wish you would Hmm, not for me
1: Apparently there will. uh, I'm led to believe it's Neil on the vocoder. And in fact, while I'm on topic of the personnel behind the album, worth noting that there's some other familiar names playing on here. We've got JJ Bell on guitar. We've got Anne Dudley on some of the orchestral arrangements. And we've got the lovely Carol Kenyon, Katie Kassoon and Tessa Niles on backing vocals.
2: Tessa's back again. Tessa's working with Liza. She's she's worked with so many big names.
1: She really has, yeah. We've got her book. We love her book. We'd recommend her book. And this, of course, was the fourth and final single from this project. And I can't quite believe this happened, Well, Liza recorded a performance of the track for Top of the Pops, and it wasn't shown. What the hell were they thinking? Liza Minnelli? You get her in, you make a mime to the song, and then you don't show it on the BBC.
2: I bet she was furious. I bet they were all livid, actually.
1: Absolutely. Spitting sequins apparently years later a clip of it was shown on some sort of compilation but it's not good enough it's not too good little enough. too late mm.
2: track number nine now and tonight is forever
1: is forever there another Pet Shop Boys cover of course tonight is forever from their debut album please I think for me Will this actually does a better job than Rent uh of just of of working being sung by Eliza I don't know if you'd agree with me on that one
2: no I disagree I just for the sake of it
1: because you bloody love it
2: I'd like to disrespectfully disagree to that (laughs) and um I I'm thinking it was this a cover too far
1: oh. for this album. Well, I will disrespectfully disagree with your disagreement, if you don't mind.
2: I'm feeling quite a passive aggressive mood currently over us.
1: I mean, it's there with every recording session. <laughs> it's not a new thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but just a bit heavier.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all that Christmas cheese, isn't it? And PUD, yeah. Mm. But I think, Will, if you don't mind, I think it would just be remiss of us to not, of course, we've we've glazed over Liza's career, but it would be remiss of us not to just talk about some of the incredible things that she's done on film. Of course, she's done Cabaret, which I think was probably her uh, shining glory, uh, and also things like Arthur. And of course, couldn't not mention Sex in the City 2, um, but also Chicago on the West End and TV. She really has had uh, an iconic career, hasn't she?
2: Yes, for me, uh, latterly uh, in life, uh, her star guest appearance in Arrested Development, uh, where she played Lucille too, hilarious and brilliant. Her comic timing is uh, second to none. Also, uh, she's got a lot of very close showbiz friends, hasn't she? Including the lovely Martin McCutcheon.
1: Oh, that, that that front cover that hello magazine front cover is just you the more you look at it the more you can't quite believe what you're seeing and if you haven't seen it you know let us explain why it's liza's wedding to david guest and you have the 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 main bridal party of michael jackson what's that old woman called elizabeth Elizabeth taylor Taylor.
2: (laughs) elizabeth hurley uh that and Martin
1: moment. McCutcheon, it's just something to behold.
2: It really is, and you just wonder what the conversation must have been like there. But I'm sure it will circulate on our socials during uh, release of this episode.
1: I'm sure it will. Do you know what, as well, Will? I would love to know what because you know David and Liza's wedding didn't last very long, just over a year, I think. And I'm sh- I'm sure she was very sad to hear of his passing. But I would love to know what she thought of the whole. David's Dead thing from Celebrity Big Brother. I'd love to watch that clip with her. I'm sure someone must have shown her.
2: You bloody love that. It's not the first time you've mentioned that to me, that whole fiasco of Big Brother.
1: That is one of the highlights of TV of all time. And I say that with no hint of irony. Irony, sarcasm.
2: Uh, What a refreshing change. Hey, listeners. (laughs) So we're on to the last track of the album, Proper now, And this is... I can't say goodnight because I've got a load of washing in the machine that needs to finish first. (laughs) Sort of burlesque track, isn't
1: it? It really is. It feels like it's oh, this is another shop Boys written song, but it feels like for, for this one, they were really writing for Liza, the Liza that they knew before results. And I wonder if it was almost sort of paving the way for the next chapter, almost as if you know, this results was a one off. This kind of her experimenting with this sound was a one off because we know that. The next album she did, which was Gently in 96, was back to kind of jazz and more of a, her traditional sound. It's almost like maybe a, a bit of a reassurance to her regular listeners that, you know, don't, don't think I'm going or staying in this direction.
2: It's like the Pet Boys picked her up, took her for a night out on the Raz and then dropped her back at home safely. Oh. Um, but obviously there's some quite lustful content in this song. Pray tell. Well, it's just talking about someone that maybe wants to spend the night with somebody they don't want the night to end mm. and it's quite a you know you've got that guitar strumming away there as well
1: yeah it's it's a it's a quite a sexy song for quite a sexy lady
2: <laughs> and this album did really well uh on balance in the u k got to number six uh in the u k album chart which was definitely the territory in which it performed the best in so dan uh Further listening time now, as we reach the end of the album proper. Uh, and it was really true to form, actually, for a Pet Shop Boys uh, piece of work. There was only 10 tracks.
1: Yes. But we've been blessed, haven't we, since then? We've been blessed with uh, a special edition version of the album with numerous uh, remixes and bits and bobs as well.
2: Yes. Uh, in 2017, a four-disc uh, deluxe edition of this was released uh, and glory be for us because it means further listening uh, was spoilt for choice uh, of what we're gonna go for so Dan I would love to go first uh, and although I think we slowed things down at the end of the album I'm gonna rev things back up a little bit because I have got to share with you the almighty remix of losing my mind so hold on to your hand spend
0: sleepless nights. Think about it. You said you love me, or were you just being kind? Or am I losing, losing my mind?
2: So that was your mighty remix of losing my mind. Uh, So if you've got the Pet Shop Boys, Liza Minnelli and Almighty all thrown together in a track, that's a pretty camp affair, I have to
1: say. (laughs) It is, and one that we are firmly behind, I think. Um, Also, Will, I can't quite believe this, but I think this might be the first time we've ever actually played an Almighty mix on track by track.
2: Are you sure? Because we've done a lot of stuff.
1: I know we have, but I just can't think of a time when we... I might be wrong, but I I feel quite confident in that, which is just sacrilege. We've talked so much about how much their remixes kind of defined a time. But yeah, I can't think of one that we've played.
2: Uh, And I I love that remix. It takes a a great dance track of a Sondheim classic and makes it an absolute banger. So a nice way to end but not the ultimate end because you are going to give us the ultimate end
1: i am going to give you the ultimate end the ultimate final sort of handshake and finish things off uh this i hinted at this before but this is a version of losing my mind but this is the pet shop boys demo version and going one step further the disco mix of that so let's hear a little bit of that now
0: The sun comes up, I think about you The coffee cup, I think about you I want you so, it's like I'm losing my mind The morning ends, I think about you I talk to friends, I think about you And do they know
1: So I hinted at it before, but Petra Boys, of course, released their own or sort of recorded their own demos of these tracks. And of all of them, I think this is one of the ones, despite the fact that they didn't write it, this is one of the ones that I really wanted to hear Neil singing on. And if you were lucky enough to see them live in 1991, you might have heard it live as well. But Will, what did you think?
2: Uh, I think it's great to hear Neil singing. I think the one thing that I just can't get over is there literally is the sound of somebody losing their mind kind of screaming out, which I think is a very literal interpretation of losing my mind.
1: I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was actually Liza having a bit of a paddy because she wanted to get in the vocal booth and she was quite frustrated that she wasn't getting her own way.
2: Uh, But I definitely prefer the Liza Minnelli version of the track.
1: I think I'd agree. And I think I'm pretty sure in saying Neil wouldn't mind us saying that.
2: We're out of time. And I think that's definitely enough track by track for you this week, Dan
1: it is actually too much for me will and maybe it's enough for you as well listeners so do let us know what you thought to the second episode of track by track this week and what you thought to results by Eliza Manelli at track by track uk
2: oh, oh by the way are we calling this season three or is it just track by track 2021 2021
1: yeah mm, yeah because it just With, cause it rolls on yeah. rolls on
2: uh, do let us know if it was your first time diving into results by L- Liza Minnelli. Uh, and also, if you've got any recommendations of other great tracks by Liza, we are far from uh, experts and we'd love to be uh, even further converted. Do take a moment as well. If you've enjoyed uh, us talking about Liza and Pet Shop Boys this week, as we return for 2021, please give us a rating and a review over on their, their Apple Podcasts. Dan. Can you give us a hint of a tease as to who's coming up next?
1: So next week, we are continuing our celebration of LGBTQ plus history month. We are talking about an album by a five-piece band released in the 80s that I think is arguably the most iconic album released in the 80s. That's huge, isn't it? Maybe I shouldn't have said that.
2: Maybe you shouldn't have said it, but it's too late now. It's out there. So... To say anything more, would probably might not give it away, actually, because that could be anyone from mm. the 80s. Um, it's quite a bold statement, Dan, so we'll see if you stand by that next week.
1: Probably not. I'm not really mad at my word, to be honest. Uh,
2: and if not, I will happily throw you under the bus.
1: You do enjoy doing so.
2: So until next time, I have been Liza's good friend, Martin McCutcheon.
1: And I have been David Guest. Goodbye. Goodbye.